Hi, it's Dan here for Dusty Disc Radio, and this is the podcast Liner Notes, revealing chats with Canada's retro music makers. Today, I'm very honored to have as my special guest, singer, guitar player, songwriter, and Canadian music legend, Ray Materic. We'll be talking about music and travels and the business of music and the life of a career entertainer. We'll get some other insights as well about recording albums and live shows and just life in the music biz. So stick around for a look inside the Canadian music scene from someone who's been there for many decades. Ray Materic is a Canadian icon, best known for his 1970s hit song, Linda Put the Coffee On. So thanks for joining me today, Ray. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Dan. How are you? Well, I'm doing fine, and I appreciate having you on. You know, one of the things we wanted to do with this uh, podcast is talk to Canada's retro music makers and and get a kind of a historical record and and ask some deeper questions and kind of get into uh, the business and the experiences in the business from that time. So you're an important part of that. So that's why I appreciate having you on. Okay. Yeah, and you were so you were born in Brantford, a proud Canadian. Yeah, I was born in Brantford uh, some time ago. You know, Wayne Gretzky's from Brantford. I guess that's the the big claim. Yes, you see that when you come in. Well, it's, I'm from Guelph. Oh yeah, and, right, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I noticed on there, like my uncle had a band called the Hourglass around that same time, and you're that you were born exactly the same year as he was. So I remember that uh, that name of that band. Bruce Hare was my uncle, and uh, he played around Southern Ontario for many years. So. You would have uh, bumped into him, or at least uh, been aware of him at some point. I think, Absolutely. And, and he of you. Absolutely. Yeah. And do you still live there? Uh, no, I live on Vancouver Island. Um, I live uh, right on the ocean here in Ladysmith, BC. Okay, well, you're a West Coaster, and I live, of course, in Vancouver. I came out here with my parents many, many years ago, but uh, live on the West Coast as well. So, well, good for you. Yeah, it's a little piece of paradise for sure. Oh, absolutely. So I'm always curious about what people's musical background is. You know, I guess you, uh, your dad was a preacher and a musician and, and you grew up in a musical family. I did. My brother yeah. uh, played guitar and sang Elvis songs and Everly Brothers songs. Nice. And uh, uh, he would practice in the mirror and I would watch him practice and uh, <laughs> get inspired. My father, yes, he played, he was a, a brass man. He played saxophone, played um, French horn, played um, uh, clarinet. Had his own uh, dance band in the 40s and 50s. And yeah, yeah. so I was uh, pretty inundated with uh, music of all kinds. Which is neat because uh, I talked to a lot of people from the East Coast and stuff too, and they just grow up in that environment. You just sing and play. It's, you don't really overthink it. It's just something that you do. Well, you know, rock and roll was just coming in the front door. Uh, when I was yeah. at a, um, a very, uh, at the age uh, to be inspired, uh, by it. And, uh, so it was good timing for me. And, uh, yeah. by the time well, I got a handle on playing guitar, um, it became, uh, uh I was also singing in some, uh, uh, local rock band there, um, called the Chevrons for quite a bit of time. Nice. And, uh, but then it came, uh, into the early sixties when uh, songwriting itself became the uh, key to uh, right. and I was uh, natural at that and uh, have enjoyed and uh, been rewarded for that uh, over the years the the whole music yeah. scene was good timing for the age that I was yeah you make a good point because it was a really exciting time it was growing radio songwriting That's lots right. of great music i mean look at look at all the great music that came out in the 60s and 70s and even into the 80s yeah for sure great 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 music there's no doubt yeah. about it so you had lots of early bands and experiences and you got part of the music community, I guess, in around the Toronto area, there was a huge uh, music community there for sure. Yeah. I, um, uh, I lived in Toronto for about 15 or 16 years. 
Uh, I played uh, many places in Toronto, uh, both as a solo acoustic and as uh, in rock bands. And yeah. Um, yeah, I sort of made my bones, as you say, in the Toronto scene for sure. Yeah. No, that's cool. And I always wondered about that because, um, you know, lots of people play music when they're kids and lots of people grew up in musical families, but didn't really pursue it, you know? So what, what was your sort of turning point or your break, let's say, where you thought, you know, I can make a living out of this or I, well, how did um, that happen? It just happened that I worked hard enough to uh, be able to play guitar, sing and write songs and find a, a niche in all of that where I sounded like me, uh, not like yeah. my heroes, who were also mm. John Fogarty and the Rolling Stones yeah. and uh, the Animals and uh, Chris Christopherson, Gordon Lightfoot. Those are my basic uh, go-to heroes. And um, yeah. yeah, but I had to sound like myself. So uh, I worked hard at that. Uh, and when I felt that I that I had something to offer in that regard, I, I made a demo tape um, and I hit the bricks in uh, Toronto and uh, got a record deal in 1972. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because it's trying to make that again, going from just being a player to being a full-time player or, or someone who's career oriented and then from there to get a record deal. How did that happen? Just uh, hard work, hard work. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Uh, I worked hard on my songs. Uh, I didn't get out much. I worked hard on my yeah. uh, guitar playing and uh, my approach. I worked hard making the demos. Uh, and I worked hard, uh, meeting people and, and getting, uh, uh, like you say, a record deal. Uh, and, uh, yep. yeah, it was quite the, quite the exciting time for me when I held that in my hand, my very first album. And then yeah. it got amazing reviews and lots and lots of FM and AM airplay. And, uh, yeah, I was on my way. Well, that was side streets, right? It in, was in side 72 streets. On, yeah. And how do you pronounce that? Canada records or? It was Canada records. It was a small, it was a major distributed it was distributed by a major label yeah. um but um it was an independent yeah one of the first canadian right. independents yeah yeah but excellent i i listened to the whole album and it's it's just absolutely great well, it, thanks. I, I love it thanks very yeah, much really really good 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 finger picking and good tunes and just really really thoughtful and so did you have a publishing deal and a record deal at the time were you one of those guys that was able to to get a better record deal than say a john fogarty did uh well i don't know what his was but, um, you know, I got a fair deal. Uh, I got a good percent. And I got, uh, uh, I don't think I gave away any publishing on that particular uh, album. Maybe I did. It's sort of a blur. Uh, yeah, so it was pretty all equitable all around. They were good people. Okay, well, yeah. That's good to hear because, it, well, Fogarty signed everything away. He had nothing. He, he oh. signed away songs he hadn't even written yet. They're there, <laughs> there, but, uh, you know, maybe you and I had done the same thing. Who knows? So yeah, I was, I was curious about that because because you know most of the people I, I I'm pretty confident in saying back then got a little bit fleeced by the record companies and and didn't get treated well. I've heard that story over and over again. For sure, I've heard that as well. No. Uh, but that yeah. didn't happen to me at any point in my career. Um, so I was always dealing with uh, who I felt was good people and good. honest uh, honest sort of deals, and uh, just uh, continued on. Yeah, I mean, I really like that that Side Streets album. Kind of put you on the map. You got a war song in there about the war vets. You know, it's funny. I reflected on that. Like, it's a lot of deep themes in there. But I remember, um, I'm I'm a little bit younger than you, but grew up in the '60s and '70s, and there was a lot of war vets around, and a lot of guys that that had been through a lot, and and we were just coming off the end of the Second World War, and uh, it was it was a deep sort of reflectful time for a lot of people. I guess it was, yeah. 
Um, and, uh, well, it was just a topic that uh, came to me and I wrote it and, and you know, and moved on. But yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm glad you noticed it. Well, I did in season of plenty, of course, in hard life alone. It's, you know, just, uh, you're not, um, let's say fluffy, you know, the music's not <laughs> fluffy. The music's got some substance to it, right? Well, it's always had a bit of grit for sure. And, um, uh, why that is, uh, it's just my personality, I guess, and my viewpoints. And, yeah. uh, I'm able to express that and get that across um mm. on record and in the grooves and uh yeah it's great i enjoy That's it a, so how did you you know you were sort of um in the vein of like a murray mclaughlin or a valdi or cat stevens james taylor kenny loggins i mean there was lots of guys that had acoustic guitars and were writing those kinds of heartfelt tunes that was the did time you consider for, it, yourself? for sure yeah you were one of that that pack of people i was i was yeah and then, so then you jumped from that to with Neon Rain and you got a, a Warner Brothers like Asylum deal, right? That's correct. And I did three albums with uh, Warner Electric Atlantic and uh, they all did pretty good. Uh, there was, they were good budgets and I had a lot of uh, time in the studio and uh, good producers and great players. Yeah. And um, yeah, as I look back on it now, uh, maybe I drank too much at the time, but uh, other than that, <laughs> Um, it went pretty yeah. well. So how did you get that deal? Like, did they, they were aware of you? Obviously at that time you had airplay, you had a, you know, like they say in the music business, you got to already be at a certain level before the big boys want to take you on. Well, that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. I, uh, my first album caused quite a stir and, um, they made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Yeah. And then, so in 74, so Neon Rain came out and then you got, you got your hit song. You, you did what? most Canadian artists want to do, but aren't able to do, which was get a hit in Canada and the U S yeah, that was great. Um, uh, and it's pretty catchy tune and, uh, I can't yeah. remember writing it. Uh, but I know that, uh, I remember recording it. Bruce Coburn played on that album. He played the solo on Linda put the copy on and, oh. and, um, he played a lot of great electric guitar on that, uh, on that album. That was quite an experience. Was he brought in, was he brought in from the record company guys? Did they send him down to you or did you know him? Um, I'd met him a few times and that uh, uh, passed by him and stuff like that and said hello. Uh, but actually I was using, uh, at that time, I was using uh, Gene Martinek, who was his producer. So okay. uh, I, it seemed like a natural, natural sort of thing. And, and he was really yeah. interested in playing some electric guitar as opposed to acoustic guitar. And yeah. uh, we had a good time. Yeah, he was oh, out good. there smoking a cigarette, and he didn't even smoke. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Well, that's funny. It's funny because um, you know Linda put the coffee on is kind of an earworm. It's one of those things that you just get it stuck in your head. And and yet, I, I went through your catalog, and I think you wrote some better songs than that. I mean, not that that's not a good song, but it's it's I, there's other songs that you have that are really, I think, really good. Well, I've written, that one uh, I've written a lot of songs, you know, and uh, a lot of songs, and I've recorded a lot of songs, and I've uh, helped other people record a lot of songs, and uh, that's just one that uh, went by. They liked it, uh, they recorded it, and uh, they got airplay for it, so that's what they thought they could do, I guess. And uh, yeah, better songs? Well, I'm, every song I write is better than the last <laughs> one. I'm at my well, uh, just want... peak right now, actually. Yeah, well, good for you, yeah. and you're still active and doing your thing? Yes, I am. Well, no, I always wonder about that because I'm thinking like from a songwriter's perspective, you think, okay, I'm going to write the best songs I can, which you do every time you put your pen to paper, you try to do the best you can, but then certain ones hook on and other ones don't. And you, you sit back and wonder, well, okay, that, that, I guess it's that one then. Well, that's the song, the, uh, 
record company chose to uh, promote. Uh, you know, I wasn't going to say no. So, um, and I like it yeah. and it did well. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it helped absolutely. me move on to, uh, bigger and better things. And the neon rain, you got the harp. Is that who's playing the harp in that? Uh, Murray McLaughlin. He is. Okay. Well, see, as soon as I heard that song, that's the person I thought of. Cause I talked to Murray, of course, I interviewed him on the podcast. And, uh, I, as soon as I heard that song, I thought, well, that's really Murray McLaughlin ish. Like that's the, the same sort of vein of, of singer songwriter songs back when singer songwriters were true singer songwriters writing from the heart, singing and playing their own songs. Right. Well, isn't that interesting? So that is, that is Murray on there. Well, very cool. Of course, you said you had a good budget and you were able to do, you know, some stuff in the, in real studios and make real records and you did best friend overnight and you know, that one. That one's cool. I, I really like that album. Actually, I listened to the whole thing and it's, it struck me. It's, I was wondering about genres. Cause I often ask guys about what genre you're playing. I mean, that sounds country to me. Like, yeah, I think you even have some steel guitar in there at some point. Yeah. That's Dan Lanois on steel guitar. Um, oh, there you go. And, um, he was in the band at the time and I think we made hmm. three albums together, but yeah, well, yeah. you know, my albums, uh, there's kind of like movies to me, you know, like uh, Side Street was a black and white, uh, gritty film noir, more or less. And, uh, you know, Best Friend Overnight was, in fact, um, more or less a song and dance country album. And mm -hmm. um, it's just uh, just what happened. Um, yeah. That's, uh, you know, the people in my band uh, were were like that, like Dan played a great steel guitar. So we, we utilized it and uh, I enjoyed it a lot. And I believe at that point in time, um, uh, there was a lot of that going on in the music business. And uh, so I put my hand to it and uh, I thought it came yeah. out pretty good album. There's some very nice ballads on that album that I, uh, that I like a lot. It's really good. You know, one of the things I get to do when I, when I'm doing this is I get to revisit some old, you know, catalogs and stuff and going through that. And, and that album, you know, like I said, from the marketing perspective, the, the record companies want to say, well, it's folk or it's adult contemporary or it's Canadiana. But it's it sounded country to me. But your voice—you got a nice raspy voice and a really relaxed, very cool feel. Like I, just really good. I, yeah, I, thanks. Uh, Don so Potter uh, from Nashville produced that album. Nice. And uh, he was a singer for Chuck Mangione and a producer for a number of other bands. And uh, yeah, we got him up from uh, from Nashville along with um, hmm. you know, a few other musicians and. Um, the composer to write the string arrangements and some of the ballads. I, I had the yeah. budget, so I used it. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. Well, uh, it's nice. Yeah. The, the, the strings really create a mood. They sure they, do. Like they give yeah. you that mood that you can't get from anything else. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it, so I, I wanted to ask you about that. Like, did you start more as a songwriter or a performer? Or like, like if I said to you, what was your goal in, in say, 1970? Like, what, what was your goal that you wanted to achieve? Well, I just didn't, uh, you know, I was going to university at the time and um, spent all the rest of my time uh, writing and singing. My goal was to do exactly what I did. Um, hmm. It was to uh, get good enough to get a record contract uh, and then have some kind of recognition from that and move along and be able to carry out my uh, my art uh, in, uh, yeah. uh, in various places and uh, please people and have a good time. So, so you had a sort of a set goal that you wanted to achieve and you obviously achieved it. Yeah. Well, it's everybody's goal. I guess that wants to do that, you know, yeah. to move along, move up, uh, keep getting better, uh, meet, yeah. meet people, enjoy life. 
So how did you deal with the, the, was there a tension for you to chase sort of pop tunes? Like when you got a big record deal like that, there's a certain amount of pressure that comes along with that too, right? I mean, you've, you got to chase pop tunes in a sense or chase tunes that are like the record company wants songs they can sell versus writing reflective sort of meaningful songs that, that come from your heart. Right. right. Well, you know, um, I was fortunate enough to work with people that allowed me to do whatever I wanted, uh, for better okay. or for worse. And uh, yeah. I, I never ran into that problem. I never ran okay. into, Ray, you got to write this. Uh, whenever something like that happened in my life or I felt like I had to write something, I, you know, I just couldn't do it. I'm not a, hmm. like a, I'm not a, like a sit down and write that song kind of guy. Um, I find my cool in uh, walking with my dog, you know, that type of thing. And uh, yeah. the lyrics just come to me um, naturally. Well, the reason I ask that is because, you know, I talked to Jim Valance, for example, and guys like that. I mean, they're professional songwriters. They don't, it really is, they're almost dissociated from it. Say, well, we got a certain artist here. We need a song. They go, yeah, sure. We'll put something together for them. With you guys, and I say you guys in the sense of singer songwriters, true singer songwriters who are writing from the heart, doesn't seem to me you're, you're, if the record company says, well, well, Ray, we need a hit song. You got to write a hit. So it's like, well, is that what I do? Right. Uh, well, like I say, that never occurred to me, um, uh, or mm. it never happened to me that anybody said anything like that. Um, okay. I was just uh, given the studio, the producer, and the budgets, and uh, went ahead and did what I do. Nice. For better or for worse. And what about? <laughs> I always well, like to say. <laughs> yeah. What about the social issues and the life issues? Was there a message in your music? You know, you write from the heart, obviously, but was there something you wanted to say? Well. I spent a lot of time uh, writing about my own condition, and at some point uh, it phased over into the other people's uh, life mm. conditions, you know. And okay. uh, most yeah. of my music now is based on uh, my experiences that I had through life and, and helping to share people uh, with people, not only to uh, for the enjoyment factor, but, all, but also for the any kind of wisdom I might have scraped up over the years I put in my songs, and <laughs> um, yeah. maybe they can help. No, I, I definitely sense that listening to your stuff and even, even some of the newer stuff that I listen to, it's, uh, you know, you've definitely got that in there without being a preachy, I guess, just, just kind of reflecting, I guess reflection is better than, than preaching most of the time for people, right? They can kind of get in the pool and swim around with you and those feelings and, and right. see what it means to them. Yeah. I, I don't get too specific. Uh, I yeah. can, uh, I can take, uh, uh, you know, an, um, a universal theme, you know, make it personal or take a personal theme and make it universal. Hmm. Uh, at least that's what I read about myself, and I had to agree. Yeah, well, I guess that's the gift of the the poet, the troubadour, the the singer-songwriter. I guess it is. Well, I mean, the thing is, because that, that, that expression, the reason I keep hitting on that is because it gets kicked around a lot today, right? A lot of people describe themselves as singer-songwriters, but when I think of singer-songwriters, I think of guys like you and Murray and the people who just wrote from their heart. They were the true troubadours, let's say. I would have to agree with that, um, depending on the person that, you know, there's probably a, yeah. uh, a number of people out there that can do that, uh, that yeah. call themselves songwriters, but there's uh, a lot of people that, uh, well, you know, it's something to enjoy. It's rewarding. It's, uh, you know, you can maybe make some money off it. And uh, yeah. so it's something people like to do. And mm -hmm. uh, not everybody's great, but uh, everybody gets a chance to be great, you know. And did you tour a lot? I played back in the day. I played so many gigs, at, uh, both yeah. on electric stage and an acoustic stage. You know, I, I just played a yeah. lot. Yeah. 
for sure. Did you like it? Did you get tired of it? Did you like it? Uh, no, I, I like being on stage. I, I, um, I really enjoyed the, uh, the electric band stuff. I made a number of albums, uh, rock albums. And, uh, yep. I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed that. It was very powerful and uh, it wasn't all dependent on me. And then, yep. uh, as, uh, as my material, uh, progressed and stuff like that, I began to enjoy the acoustic performances, uh, as much because, uh, I had something to say, uh, something, uh, to put across, some kind of feelings to, uh, impart. And, uh, so that became, uh, and also my, my overall shtick was, uh, you know, uh, really good. And so, um, uh, yeah, it was, uh, both, both of them were satisfying, energy draining and, uh, rewarding in an, any number of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well put because, uh, that's the thing you love doing it, but it can, it can drain you. And then the other thing that struck me about you is uh, I'm very similar in the sense. I love doing the acoustic stuff, but I love getting out with the band. And, and of course we had very eclectic listening habits back then. I mean, you probably listened to everybody as, as I did from the rock bands to the, the acoustic guys and you'd sort of do it all and you float between those quite well. Right. Thanks. Yeah. That's, uh, Pretty classic uh, singer-songwriter, electric, acoustic sort of trip. Yeah. And how did you do in the States? Did you ever, you toured down there a little bit. I guess you had a hit down there or, or a yeah. modest hit. I, yeah. I uh, yeah, it was a modest hit. I played down there a bit. Uh, uh, nothing uh, remarkable. Uh, and I played a number of festivals and things like that. And I met some people and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, I never um, played any large stadiums by myself or anything. Did you ever consider moving there and, and trying to break that market? I had the opportunity to, but at the time I had a wife and a child and uh, bills to pay and uh, uh, mm. things to do. And so uh, that never happened. Yeah, I'm always curious about that because, I mean, that's that's the, 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 big, the big pond, as they say. But uh, some people don't want to pay the price that they would have to pay to do that. So when I ask people, what would it have taken to get to the next level or to get to the point where you wanted, you know, you might have wanted to be? And the sacrifice for a lot of people would be too great. Yeah, um, my life is uh, every phase of my life has uh, uh, melded together seamlessly. Um, hmm. and so I would spend six years doing that and then, and then, uh, another maybe 10 years doing that. And, and then something would happen in my life where I was able to spend time doing something else. And, hmm. um, it's always been seamless, uh, continues to be seamless to this day. And so, yeah. well, what can I say? I can't argue with, uh, with the decisions I made because I'm very happy where I am. Yeah. Well, it seems to me my impression from researching for speaking to you, and, and I could be wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me that you're a self-directed person, that you're not going to sell yourself to anyone or anything, that you're going to sort of follow the path that you set for yourself. I'm very much like that. So I kind of sense that in you. Well, I write what I write. Yeah. I don't uh, write what I could write or maybe somebody else is writing. Um, but I mean life decisions and in the course of your life. Right. Well, I could say I, uh, it's sort of like been overpowering uh, in the sense that, uh, uh, you know, I just went along with the flow and the flow was always good and it always led somewhere, uh, even though I thought maybe it wouldn't. Uh, but uh, mm. these opportunities, whatever they were, were just came to me. And, uh, mm. so, uh, but I had to work hard. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I, I work, yeah. I work my ass off, uh, to be yeah. in the position to be able to be offered certain things. And, um, 
yeah, so it just all flowed together. I, I realized not everybody's life is like that, but that's what happened to me. Yeah, and then so when I'm looking at your trajectory in the timelines, you start playing music in the mid '60s, and then by the early '70s, you got a record deal. Then you you put out you know several sort of high level albums. Yes, and then during the '80s, you kind of withdrew from that and walked away from that. Well, uh, I was with uh, I made a bunch of other albums. I don't know if it was a bunch, but I made uh, two or three other albums as well. two of them on uh, major labels, but one, uh, an independent, which was something different at the time, but I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And, um, yeah, the eighties. Uh, yeah, I, I, well, I had like, once again, uh, my life situation was such that I could, uh, uh, it was just a perfect segue into a different life, which involved, um, uh, woodworking because I really enjoyed woodworking. And, uh, okay. so I was able to do that for a number of years and meet a lot of people that I hadn't met, like real life people that I hadn't met in my other journey. And this gave me an insight into their problems and, uh, their lives. And, um, that really affected my writing. My writing became, uh, started to grow up and become, hmm. um, you know, more in quotation marks, more important to me and hopefully to uh, other people. No, I appreciate that side of it. I'm just wondering, you know, I, I guess you're, you've got a successful recording career. You're well-known, you're playing to, to sort of pull back from that. What motivated that is what I'm curious about. Well, you get tired of I the guess crap and I guess you'd have business? to, I guess you would have had to been on the road with me for, you know, 10 or 12 yeah. years. Um, hmm. that's what led to that. I needed a break. Uh, I was worn okay. out. I was exhausted. Um, uh, I had uh, another gig to go to and then one after that. And then I had, uh, you know, I had a home life. And uh, so, and I was just exhausted. So I said, hey, uh, I'm going to walk away from this for now. And it wasn't until 1990 or something, I even picked up a guitar again. And um, so I spent that period of time uh, more or less in the real world. And uh, it's paid off in my writing and my overall growth as a human being my attitude, yeah. my outlook, my perspective. Good. Well, that's good. I mean, I, I was just curious about that because I, I do I do sort of understand what you're saying. I mean, being in the music business and touring and doing what, all the stuff you said, it is kind of an alternate reality, right? I mean, you're not living in the real world, quote unquote. Absolutely, yeah. And I started uh, in my early 20s or something, uh, even earlier than that. And uh, really... Uh, I really had no, uh, although I did work occasionally, I've always worked through my life, but, um, it was a different, in a difference, just passing ships in the yeah. night, as opposed to, uh, dealing with, uh, dealing with real life problems. Well, interesting. Well, I mean, it speaks well of you that you were able to do that and, and to, to, I guess, recognize, Hey, I'm burned out on this path. I'm going to take another path for a while and, and let it rejuvenate me, my spirit and, and my experiences and everything. And then I'll reflect back on that. Absolutely. Sounds like what you did. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's who I've become to this day. Um, yeah. is that person that is more well-rounded than the person that left, the left the music behind for a while. And uh, yeah. concentrated on um, uh, more or less developing myself as opposed to my music. When I came back to it, I was that man, and yeah. uh, so and I think my music these days reflects that. So then you restarted, I guess, and, and it would have been around what year, two thousand? Oh, I was working with bands and recording, and um, in you know nineteen early nineties, 
early 90s. Okay. I worked on a yep. lot of projects, uh, not just my own, and um, I uh, financed a number of uh, independent um, uh, artists that I liked. Oh, and, nice. Okay. And uh, produced them. And um, I had a, a, a band that I worked with quite a bit called True Spirit. And, and, and uh, mm. around the 2000s, yeah, the, oh, gee. You know, some of my projects, you know, uh, babies are born, people die, people get married, you know, it takes yeah. a long time. But, um, and then I had, uh, I had the opportunity to make an album um, at a place called Puck's Farm, which is just outside of Toronto. It was a petting, hmm. petting farm, but they oh. um, revamped their uh, old barn into a uh, recording studio. And actually the, the drum oh. booth was in an old cow stall. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made that album. It was a, a great experience, and uh, that album was called "The Songwriter." And then I did a, um, I did a, uh, I did the Hughes Room in Toronto. I did a, a big show there, uh, and uh, from that, um, I got a deal where the songwriter would become part of a double album, which would uh, feature disc A would be the songwriter songs, and disc B would be all my the songs that i chose from my past experience with warners and okay uh so it was uh, called life and times it was a double album set and uh, i came yeah. out about somewhere in the early 2000s 2003 is what i have written yeah, here yeah and thing. um yeah. what a great experience that was uh, and it was yeah. a, a real um a real pleasure to have that album in my kit bag and yeah. uh and then once then i made a number of independent uh, rock albums, um, and uh, I don't think it, only one of them is on my uh, on my website. Uh, uh, rock and Roll Man. Uh, did you see Did you see that one? I did. I did listen to it. I yeah. was going to say that it's 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 quite a, a departure because it's quite heavy and and uh, good rock and tune. So you got the acoustic album with all the the ballads and stuff, and then you got the rock album. So it's yeah. Uh, well, I can do them both just as well because I paid my dues in those yep. areas and I can get the same message that I want that I can get across in a tender, a tender ballad in a heavy rock song. So, yep. uh, I have that, uh, that ability in my kit bag. Oh, very cool. So you started your own record label. Is that right? Uh, you just know, to, only for myself, just uh, to release your stuff. Yeah. And not, uh, yeah, I okay. don't, there's nobody else, uh, on it, but, the, there are a lot of great players. And, um, like I say, I made a number of albums at different studios around and, uh, I spend a lot of time with other people making albums. Yeah. And uh, so that's what I did with my time. And Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that that you were helping other artists, but it kind of makes sense. And then I did listen to uh, Emily, great song. You did a video with that. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, good production and just really good. I really enjoyed that. So I would encourage people to go there at, uh, at to your website. It's RaymondMeteric.com. Yeah, there's lots of good stuff on there. So I went through it and, and listened to that too. Yeah, I sort of, uh, I've decided to, to do that for uh, uh, a serious reason and a, and a not so serious reason um, with regards to my name uh, because, uh, uh, well, it was a different phase of my music. You know, I'd taken all that time mm -hmm. off and I, I had to draw a line between the two guys, uh, Ray and, and Raymond, and Raymond's my real okay. name. And that's yep. basically why I did that to draw that line okay. between the past and the present. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you about that too, because, you know, quite often 
you know, I've done lots of these podcasts now, but I always used to ask people how much has the music business changed over the last 50 years? And then they usually start laughing. Right. But then I thought for you, you know, you, you sort of split your career in half here. You did the first half, then you walked away, then you came back. So you have a really interesting vantage point about how much the music business has changed. What, what was the world you came back into? Well, it didn't make much sense musically. Um, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't hearing any great music. Uh, even by the people that uh, are very well known, you know, sometimes I can trap you into not being as good as you could have been if you weren't famous. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, they were all nice people and uh, they dealt with me in a nice way. As far as uh, uh, the music on the radio at the time, uh, you know, I, I really don't, uh, I didn't like. And uh, so, you know, I just went about my own business. Um, but, uh, I write lyrics and I can write as many <laughs> lyrics as anybody else. So I yeah. could do, uh, any kind of rap tune if I wanted to, but, and I have, uh, but, uh, it's not something that I cling to. Well, I was just wondering about that because, you know, in the seventies you were immersed in the music business, you had radio play, you were, you were kind of there, you know, you, you got to a place where lots of people would love to be and were never able to get to. But then when you go away and come back, it's a different world you're coming back into, right? The radio wasn't quite the same. The tunes, you're a bit older. Absolutely. It's a different world. Right? Absolutely. But I was fortunate enough to have the, the people uh, that I knew willing to help me. And they were influential people. And uh, yeah. so uh, they took me back in and uh, let me do what I wanted to do again. Nice. And, uh, yeah. and I received a certain amount of uh, attention for that. And um, yeah. So it was a very pleasant experience for me. It wasn't unpleasant. Yeah, you got that in 2012. It looks like you got uh, the tribute concerts in Toronto and Hamilton honoring our own. You were part of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was. <laughs> That's just nice. That, uh, that must have felt good. It did. Um, yeah, well, I, I appreciate it. You know, uh, I've helped people and people have helped me. So it's yeah. uh, reciprocal. And then when you got back into the music, you know, you, ta you, you talked about a lot of different things, like you were helping other artists and you just wanted to write songs. So what was your goal when you got back into it? It m wasn't uh, so much commercial success, I would imagine, as opposed to just writing songs from your heart and helping others and, and getting your music out there. Well, you know, it's what I do. It's who I am. Uh, I yeah. am that, that guy that writes songs and goes into the studio and spends hundreds of hours in the studio and uh, mm. makes music for music's sakes because I can. And, um, uh, you know, should one of the songs squeak out and become, uh, you know, um, get more attention than the other, that's great. Um, and if not, uh, well, that's not as great, <laughs> but it's yeah. still great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wondered about that too, because a lot of times like the, the songwriters, the genuine songwriters, and I would include you in that for sure, um, sometimes give the songs to younger artists and say, well, you know, I'm sort of past my prime now and my time is not now. So I think a younger artist should record this. Have you ever done that? I've had people record my songs that uh, are younger. Yes. And, yeah. uh, but not because I, I asked them to. And, right. uh, uh, no, um, I really haven't bothered with that, that end of things, uh, at all. But there has been a number of tunes recorded by various people who get in touch with me that they, they love that particular song and oh, uh, nice. and they've recorded it and they send me versions of it and stuff like that. So that's yeah. nice. And uh, uh, no, I'm not past my prime, as I like to say. You know, like yeah, I'm, at the, I'm at the very top of my form vocally, uh, maybe not physically as, as, as that, but uh, certainly mentally. And, uh, oh, and writing wise, uh, yeah, I'm. It's, it's, a, it's great because everything's based on my past experience and everything is added up to a point where I can 
basically do whatever I want musically, songwriting wise, and come up with a good a good song, you know. Yeah, well, that's that's nice. It's funny. I uh, an old professor one time that I talked to said he made a statement that really struck me. He said, and he was an older gentleman, but he said everything in my life has led me to the moment that I'm at right now. Absolutely, and I'm bringing it all to bear. And I thought, what a what a great way to put it, you know. Absolutely, and uh, so it's the same as uh, any other uh, profession. You know, a mechanic gets better, and uh, yeah. you know, a doctor gets better. And uh, in my case, uh, I've I've managed to maintain a level of uh, what I feel is uh, um, good enough to make me happy. Yeah, good. And and so you're still active. You've got um, is this Peace on Earth project? Is that uh, the current one that you're doing? Oh, Peace on Earth. Uh, no, uh, I did that. Uh, we did uh, a couple albums. Um, yeah. And uh, we did um, some independent videos, and that I did, I made. And, um, which was enjoyable. Uh, no, they're just great guys in Hamilton and we would get together and, uh, uh, I would write the songs. We would arrange the songs and we would record the songs. And, uh, it was, um, it was a beautiful thing. And, uh, the music yeah. is interesting. Uh, it's pretty, um, full of messages, uh, a little more spiritual and, uh, very rocky. Yeah. So that was, uh, but, that was just another project that I did. I have, uh, okay. I have any number of those type of projects, you know, that yeah. I, uh, I did. Yeah. And you did some gospel stuff. You went, you went full circle, I guess, as they say, and, and did some gospel stuff as well. Yeah. Very, uh, very important, uh, in my life. Um, and, yeah. uh, and I feel that, you know, the, the inspiration that comes from my spiritual beliefs and faith matched with my abilities as a singer songwriter. Well, mm. there you go. Those are the two two greatest experiences <laughs> you could have. Mash them yeah. together, and uh, I feel that uh, I'm a natural for that. I wrote my girlfriend a, a full album, a gospel album, and yes. um, uh, I've written a couple myself for myself. I was fortunate enough to have a uh, this is a small town, Ladysmith on Vancouver Island, but uh, I met a, a guy that uh, and helped him put together a, a, a pretty decent recording studio. I made three albums there. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, so it was just great. It's just down the road, and uh, yeah. so I made a bunch of albums there, and her album, and I made that uh, one man talking album, and I made yeah. the uh, common man cool album. Well, nice, yeah. So one man talking was 2019 that came out. I listened to that. Uh, yeah, was it and that long uh, ago? Wow, 2019. It says right before COVID. I guess right before. Yeah, the COVID I guess it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now they mentioned it, and then yeah, yeah. there wasn't much studio work after that. I uh, know the mm, studio bit, uh, was yeah. closed down uh, and uh, my friend moved to Nanaimo. And okay. uh, so I'm just waiting for another one to sort of, well, I've got a, a couple options around here because I've just finished yeah. it. I've just finished a new album writing it. I'm going to go uh, start recording it. And um, it's nice. uh, it's great to be able to do that and have the people around that uh, that have the studios. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's great. Well, there's lots of music on the island. I mean, I've been over there lots. I live in Vancouver. But um, did you did you ever tap into, have you have you seen Valdi or Gary Felgard or any of those guys? Have you ever met any no, of them? No, I don't. Uh, no, I think they live on Salt Spring or something. No, uh, I've yeah, run into Valdi over, so. over the years. Um, and, um, yes, the level of talent on the, uh, on the island is, uh, super. Um, there's a lot of yeah. really good, uh, uh, guitar players, singers, and, uh, I'm not sure about the songwriting. I, I, but, uh, if, I think that's cause the, maybe it's the, the hippies, they were all raised on good music, you know? 
and their parents maybe <laughs> yes. played instruments and things, and, and they do yeah. as well. I When I first got out here, I produced an album by uh, three girls uh, called The Hardware Girls, and uh, we spent a, maybe, hmm. well, not every day, but we spent maybe about nine months uh, making that album out here. And uh, and once again, hmm. they're on a level, you know, they're on a, a, a more or less world-class level. So, yeah. I find a lot of people out here are, are, are quite talented and uh, really interested in that type of thing as well. You know, a lot okay. of singer songwriters out here. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's really, really inspirational to hear your talk, actually, just to, to see that you're so active and that uh, you still got lots of stuff going on and lots of aspirations. Are you, do you play live at all? Have you got some, some coffee houses and stuff that you go well, and play Well, you know, at? I did play, I did play when I, when I first moved out here. Uh, my touring band had all moved out here onto the island on their own um, oh, okay. over, the, over the years. And so uh, they knew yeah. all the songs. Uh, we rehearsed them. We played a bunch of festivals uh, and uh, some clubs. And then uh, once again, then the, uh, but that, you know, that was uh, something that we did. And uh, no, I, uh, I'm going to start playing again, but I haven't recently because uh, life has just been uh, so sweet here and uh i have uh you know i have my pets and uh they couldn't necessarily come along with me and uh that type of yeah. thing but yeah i'm open to playing and 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 hopefully i will uh because i enjoy it and I, I think people enjoy my music yeah. when they hear it and so uh Absolutely. it's a it's a twofold thing yeah. yeah and yeah no that's that's great and and uh i was going to ask you too about the people that you've worked with over the years like you've rubbed shoulders with lots of people because of your experiences and and how long you've been around the business is there anybody that you stay in touch with or close friends with or anybody that really struck you that you met over the years well i'll tell you I, a number of the people that i knew have passed away but um uh yeah i still talk to dan uh from time to time and uh some other people in the more or less in the business as far as other artists go daniel Len, dan Lanois, daniel yeah. Lenoir's here. And, yeah, yeah. that's right and um you know and uh my other friend who also played in the band who now owns uh grant avenue studios the world famous grant avenue studios in hamilton bob deutsch and yeah. uh these are people that i was tight with as far as meeting people on the road and that that's not much of an experience because you're always on the move and uh no yeah, I, right. I i did meet some some great players some famous players and uh maybe had lunch or dinner with them uh but that's about it uh i never formed yeah. any close relationships uh, that i can think of uh maybe with uh, tim drummond uh he was bass player for uh bob dylan and neil young and james brown and right. a whole bunch of people mm. he he played on yeah. my songwriter album and so uh him and i became tight yes. but other than that okay. you know uh, i'm not mm. one of those guys that plays all the folk festivals and knows everybody well the, the reason i ask that is because that what you said is correct like you you end up meeting people you sort of shake hands you have a professional sort of acquaintance with them and you're respectful and stuff but that's it because you're on your way to somewhere else and so are they absolutely so you that's meet the way a lot it always happens you're professionally professionally do do? friendly with do? them but yeah yeah and uh, <laughs> love your music and, uh, and then you move on yeah, yeah for sure and, yeah um yeah by the way i, I didn't curious, uh, the, my time off um my time off from the music business, I spent 20 years in martial arts as well. So that, that was oh, my, very nice. uh, that was my Zen. Yeah. And, um, which one did you uh, do? Wing Chun. Uh, I'm a black belt okay. in Wing Chun. And, um, very nice. so that was a very, almost spiritual, <laughs> a lot more physical yeah. than spiritual. Uh, 
opportunity that I had to take that time in my life. And as like I say, like everything else in my life, uh, I was at a point where uh, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And all of a sudden, um, uh, my friend said, hey, uh, there's a, a black belt in Wing Chun who uh, who's decided to come out of retirement and give some lessons. He's a friend of mine. And so I ended up oh. training with that guy for 20 years. Wow. Well, it's neat because I, I've always felt like lots of people should take martial arts who don't, and it brings together the physical and the mental in a way that very little, very few other things do. It's true. It's true. And uh, it, it reflects in every area of your life, you know, there's discipline. Yep, 100%. You know, yep. and uh, effort. So when you've yep. got discipline and effort, uh, you can usually have a success. Well, yeah. And the other thing that you said that struck me that I that I really relate to is taking every aspect of your life and living sort of one life. So everything I do or everything you do reflects on the other things that you do. Martial arts, songwriting, woodworking. It's all, it's all one life. It is. It is. Yeah. It's all, uh, it's creating. It's creating like yeah. woodworking is, you know, you need, uh, you need the wood <laughs> and you need the talent and you need the experience. Yep. Same as, uh, playing, uh, songwriting and, and, and vision. Uh, you need, you need some the kind guitar, of vision, right? Yeah, that's right. And a vision for what you're, what you're about to do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's all. So more or less came true for me. Yeah. And then, so what sacrifices did you make along the way? Like family, personal life, other goals? Yeah. Well, I wasn't always, uh, you know, sober, uh, through it all. So I may have, uh, uh, although I may, I I don't remember hurting anybody physically, but, uh, maybe, uh, I, I might take back some of the things I said at certain times or things that I did, but yeah. only because of, you know, booze and drugs, you know, back in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah was, it was uh, prevalent for sure. It was prevalent for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. No, but, uh, of course, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't dabble. Uh, I don't drink anymore. Might smoke the odd joint. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I, I, I mean, I never got caught up in the music business, but I went through the the seventies and eighties in the music business, and the dummy dust was everywhere, and people drinking too much and stuff. And I kind of, you know, I drank a bit and smoked a bit of pot, but I gave all that up. I haven't done anything for decades. I just, I just saw it as loserville. You know, I just thought I'm not going down that road. I saw too many of my friends get caught up in that. So, well, absolutely. And once again, my life led me away from that. So like uh, the, the, yeah, the events yeah. in my, in my life at that point, when I was at that point, uh, led to a seamless, uh, uh merger into a different life, uh, which I yeah. equally enjoyed, uh, the, the, actually the privacy of it all. And, uh, you know, uh, not being on the go, you know, yeah. uh, so. Well, and, and the martial arts for self-discipline is great, right? Yeah. That, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, I've got that behind me and it's something I always wanted to do. And I, and yeah. like I, once again, the opportunity just presented itself to me to have personal instruction from a, a black belt uh, for 20 years. Nice. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so it was, uh, it was, a uh, it was a great experience for me. So what would you do differently if you could do it over again? Like with your, not the personal stuff, but just your managers and the bandmates and the studios and the songs, is there anything you'd change if you could go back and do it again? Well, yeah, it's a tricky question, though, because once again, uh, where yeah. I am in my life now is based on those decisions I made back then. And would I change it? No, I wouldn't change enough, uh, yeah. where I am. Uh, I wouldn't change my dog. I wouldn't change my parrot. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't change my girlfriend. Not in that order. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so, uh, uh, and I wouldn't change where I live. So, um, or yeah. the abilities that I have right now to, uh, to express myself. So, 
Yeah. No, uh, you can think about that. Yeah, I could have maybe used a better manager. I could have, uh, this could have happened, that could have happened, but it didn't. And, uh, you know, so I can't complain. I can't complain because I'm not unhappy. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, uh, I have, you know, a lot of love in my family and, uh, and here I sit. So, uh, yeah. did um, you have, you have a family, you had kids? I have a daughter. I was married back in the seventies yeah. and, uh, that okay. might be one of the sacrifices I made, uh, that, uh, Things didn't happen, uh, uh, and divorce. Uh, yeah, that's pretty, pretty. More or less from the dynamics yeah. of what I did for a living. So yeah, but I'm, uh, but I'm still very much in touch with my daughter and my grandkids and stuff like that. Nice. Yeah. Well, no, the reason I ask that is because, you know, I've talked to some people who, you know, you, you sort of, once you're looking back on it, the trajectory of your career, you can kind of say, gee, you know, the pieces, like when I'm, when I'm living it at the moment, you're just kind of doing what you think you should do. But looking back, one lady, for example, said, you know, I had an argument with my manager and I fired my manager and it was the worst mistake I ever made because she was the one that got me all the things I needed to get. And once she was gone, my career just went south. <laughs> so... Yeah, you know, well, I would have you know, not. There you go. Got rid of her. So, right. But, no. Uh, um, you know, I, I, like I say once again, questioning the decisions I made. Uh, one thing I might have done is made my second album with the same band I made my first album. Um, hmm. uh, but that's uh, that's just a, a sideways thought. And um, yeah. No. Uh, once again, I, I can't uh, say that I regret um, the decisions that I made because they brought me to where I am today. And I'm yeah, a very happy person, yeah. fulfilled, and uh, spiritually, uh, yeah. I might have got away from my spiritual side, and uh, and, I, and I would have been a lesser person uh, for that. Yeah, yeah, fair Anything enough. Could have and, and, yeah, it, that's right. And, that's and way life is one it. way linear. Yeah, no, right, it's a good, it's a good philosophy. And I usually, I usually ask people if they're happy, and you've obviously said that you are content and happy. So. Yeah, I'd like to get out, maybe playing a bit more. Maybe I wouldn't, but uh, it's something I can do. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's pretty hard to. Uh, it's pretty hard not to be happy if if you're me. Yeah, no, that's that's great. And so, so what are your aspirations? You you said you got a you got an album in the can. Basically, you've got it written and ready to go. You're going to record that. Yeah, I'm going to record that. Now, there's a guy building a studio down the street here in Ladysmith, and uh, I was talking to the guy that works with him on it, and uh, they're getting pretty close to finishing it, so I'm, uh, I'm going to maybe give it some time. Uh, I have to uh, you nice. know, practice the songs down to where I know them so well. And, uh, yeah, it's all, uh, it's, all, it's all fun, though. It's not, uh, it's not a, a dredge type of thing. It's all very uh, inspiring yeah. and a lot of fun. Uh, to do what I do. And uh, yeah. every time I pick up the guitar and I play my music, it uh, reminds me that uh, how happy I am doing that and uh, yeah. uh, how well I can do it. And um, yeah, it's just uh, it's a good thing. Are you working with any other artists? Are you going to help some other people or do some producing or co-producing? Well, uh other than the album that I made with the Hardware Girls when we first came out here, no, uh, because it's pretty sparse, you know, and then uh, it's pretty sparse out here where I live. You know, it's pretty uh, yeah. uh, away from uh, the hustle and bustle of anything. So, um, no, uh, I haven't uh, I haven't done too much of that. I've sort of um, concentrated on other areas of my life, which are relaxing. And, um, yeah. even as I, you know, stare out the window now, I like, I live right on the ocean. It's uh, just a beautiful thing Nice. and, uh, behind a glass yeah. wall. So it's, uh, it's, <laughs> uh, you know, there's, uh, there's, 
not too many reasons to want to leave that other than the responsibility that I might have that people would enjoy and get something out of my music. Yeah. Oh, good. No, I've been to Ladysmith many times. It's gorgeous there. It's just a piece of Isn't paradise. It wonderful? Yeah, it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. So one horse a, town, but, uh, and, yeah. um, well, that's okay. Isn't, isn't that where Pamela Anderson is from Ladysmith? Hey, you know, if <laughs> I, I live right where if I had a telescope, I could see right in her bedroom window. Uh, her dock, oh. I, I'm looking at her dock right now. She has a long dock there oh. with a little boathouse on it. Oh, yeah, I live about a block away from her. Yeah. 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 Oh, interesting. Uh, so I, I, don't I know, know she just moved back there. She's everywhere. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think she did. But I, I think I'm she not just, really she just moved on. back to Lee. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious. So. Yeah. Well, there you go. And so. uh, <laughs> yeah. So what else do you need? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I'm No, that's, that's like cool. That. No, I appreciate you sharing all your stories and stuff. And you're one of those guys that, that, I don't know, I guess life is like a ride, right? You take a ride, you, you're a young guy, you write some songs, you see what happens and then you take that ride and then you pulled away from it, came back to it and end up in a pretty good place. You're pretty comfortable in your own skin. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Eh? It is. I'm definitely a survivor. And uh, more than that, you know, like I am on top of my game. So I really enjoy my art these days. Yeah, no, that's really great to hear. Well, thanks for taking the time to share this with me. And uh, I'm sure all the listeners are going to be really interested in what you have to say and and uh, listen to uh, Linda put the coffee on and some of your other stuff. There's some album tracks in there that are really strong, I must say. And, and I would encourage people to go and, and listen to them. And there's lots of stuff on YouTube. I don't know who does your YouTube channel, but there's lots of songs up there, especially the older ones. Right. Full uh, I don't know. A lot of those were put up independently. I have my own my own songs that I put up from okay. time to time uh, and uh, yeah. that are newer songs and that, but uh, only as a hobby. And, um, yeah. and I made a lot of albums, a lot of, a lot of songs. Uh, the yeah. fact that uh, I'm oh, best yeah. known for say that, uh, okay. But uh, in my mind, uh, I'm best known for my latest song, you know, or my, or the, like I say, there's so many albums, so many songs that uh, somebody might know me for something else, you know? Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of distraction out there nowadays, right? With YouTube and all the artists and everybody and their dog can put up a song and stuff. So it's good to revisit That's some it, of those eh? catalogs and listen, you know, listen to some of your new stuff and, and go back and listen to the older stuff. I mean, you really captured the seventies for me when I listened to it. Yeah. So, thanks. It wasn't, uh, wasn't that, uh, you know, there weren't that many people getting recording contracts in Canada. Uh, at that point yep. in time. So I, I felt really blessed and uh, it was a great experience all around. Hear myself on the radio for the first time, uh, holding oh, yeah. the album yep. up in my uh, in my hands. And uh, it was, uh, <laughs> it, once again, it wasn't, uh, it was hard work. It was just hard work. I, sp- yep. I, I can't tell you how many hours I spent practicing, singing and, um, and working out some kind of strategy to get, uh, to get further along the road. And, uh, yeah, yeah kind of worked. Yeah. Maybe it's not yeah, as, and, on and, a grand you, a scale as some others, but, uh, certainly a, a, a definitely a rewarding scale and, uh, and has enabled me to carry on as an artist. Many thanks to Ray Materic for being part of the Lino Notes podcast and sharing some insights from his life in the music biz. More information is available at RaymondMaterik.com and there's lots of stuff on YouTube as well. So uh, check that out. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and invite you to subscribe to it and share it on social media so others can enjoy it as well. And we also invite you to listen to Dusty Discs Radio Tuesdays and Thursdays to hear music from the Canadian artists you're hearing on this show. So until next time, I'm Dan Harris.